0: A Fabringen in Yiddish, a term meaning a joyous gathering, but it's really so much more. It's insight. It's inspiration. It's the bottom line. Join Rabbi Levi Avtson Tuesdays at 1 p.m. for the Fabringen, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM. This is Rabbi Levi Avtson from Linksfield Chul, and we are live here in the studio on this challenging day. You just heard the news from Israel. Um, With all the attacks, unfortunately seen the videos with um, various relatives showing literally the sky filled up with rockets being, you know, aimed at civilians across Israel. And our hearts are with our Israeli sisters and brothers, and we are fully... um, with them in prayer and in heart and we hope that nobody's hurt and that the violence seeds and that hopefully one day we can actually have a bit of peace in our holy land the land that was promised to us by God in this week's parsha, and the previous parasha etc you could see it throughout the Torah in this beautiful land of ours where our hearts are with constantly um, we pray for peace and we pray for God's protection. So, the topic we go today is a bit related to the to what's going on in current events, but it's uh, I want to go a bit off that. In other words, I don't want to spend the next fifteen minutes um, talking about it. Once again, we stand with prayer and we wish them well. And this coming week is the Shabbos project here in South Africa and across the world. And this country is going to have a special singer called Zusha. And Zusha has a great song, Baruch Hashem, Blessed Hashem. And that's, I think, a prayer that we need for today to acknowledge Hashem's blessings. And please, God, may his blessings continue in an open and revealed fashion. This is Baruch Hashem. This is the Fabringen with Rabbi Levi Avtson on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 One one point nine High FM, this is Rabbi levi Afton. let's get into it. Lots of news today, let's now go into a topic, that's what we try to do here on the Fabregion Show, take a topic, explore it from various directions, hear your thoughts, once again Telegram 0618951019, SMS 34519, and let's talk about a topic which is worth addressing, and that is do you agree with me that it seems to be that extremism is on the rise? Just yesterday, or two days ago, I think it was elections in Spain, and an extreme right party came in. Whether it's in France, whether it's the United States, whether it's in England, extreme right, extreme left, there seems to be a gravitation towards extremism. And inevitably, one thing that seems to be a common denominator between all extremist ideologies is that there's this faith that if this party, this one individual, would get power, things would be solved. If only we gave power to this person, things would be solved. You know, politics is a funny game. Having grown up in America and spent time in Israel where politics are very much part of the daily conversation, Politics has always fascinated me where you have currently, I don't know, 20 Democratic candidates for president in the United States, each one of them promising that they're the solution. And everyone's, you know, questioning who's the right person to solve our problems. And for me, I've always found it hilarious that we ever think for a moment that a person is our solution. But when extremism happens, it doesn't only go, you know, to regular politics. It becomes obscene. It actually becomes crazy where... People will die or fight till death for an ideology or an individual that will solve them, that will solve the problems. If only the world went to the left, if only the world went to the right, if only we closed the border, if only we opened the border, if only we did this, if only we did that, that would solve anything. If only we kicked out one race out of the country, etc. Every time there's this extreme ideology that people go for. And I find, and I'm sure you find as well, that in our time, extremism seems to be on the rise. And whether it's nationalism, whether it's anti-Semitism, racism across races, you find that it seems to be rising a bit. And I often struggle in my own mind to understand what's going on you know, we're in the time with the most abundance in history. We're in the time with the most people out of poverty in history. We're in the time with the lowest mortality in history. we with in the time where people get to live longest, where almost every single child that's born gets to live uh, for many, many years. We're in a time of incredible connection and opportunity. And yet... When you look at people's ideologies and the politics of today, it feels like, you know, primitive, mid-dark ages with very simplistic answers to very complex problems and people going, running to the simplest and the dumbest of solutions to solve their problems. And forgive me for borrowing a term, but I really think that one way of making sense of this is actually an idea that a anti-religious person, <laughs> one of the most anti-religious people in history, Karl Marx, used. He The famous expression that he used for religion, and that is opium of the masses. He used that expression to sit there, you know, defining that often people rely on a God when they struggle to deal with their own stuff. So they use God as an opiate to, um, to just be able to make sense of this world. And it seems... Forgive if this is a bit controversial, but I, I believe this to be true. That the moment society has dropped religion, it didn't uh, throw away this opiate to the masses. It just replaced it, instead of with God, with ideologies or with people. Let's talk about Karl Marx himself. His argument was that religion is opiate to the masses. Fine. So what's he going to replace it with? He's going to replace it with Marxism, communism. How many people died due to communism in the last 150 years? Over 100 million people. Between China, Cambodia, Russia, North Korea. Over 100 million people died from this ideology. What happened? I don't understand. If we throw away religion and we now come around an idea and we no longer have an opiate, shouldn't we finally get along? But here's the funny thing. The human being always needs to hold on to something to make sense of this world. And the moment there is no God to, make, to believe in and to be able to come around, to be able to believe and make sense somewhat of this world, we go to much crazier things. We go to crazy ideologies, communism socialism all the isms whether it was in nazi germany fascism and whenever you see extremism on the rise you you you, you have to look and see where is The unsettling. Why are people looking for this kind of answer? And it's always the same thing. People feel unsettled by the world and therefore they look for an opiate. But instead of the opiate being religious, objective, godly values, they become racist, anti-Semitic, petty values. That means a society in which things are comfortable and things are stable You know, if you take God out of it, although, you know, as a religious person, I have an issue with it, the risks aren't nearly as great as when a society is unsettled, when people are uncomfortable, when people are feeling that the world is going too fast. And that's really what's going on in the world today. Think about 10 years ago how people perceived technology as the solution to our problems. And think of now in 2019 how people see technology as such a danger. And people feel like the world is running at a pace that they cannot handle. And what happens is we then need an opiate. We then need an answer. There has to be someone to blame. There has to be something out there that if I just – Put all my eggs in that basket, and I blame that person, that race, that religion, that um, ideology for all my problems and will make me feel that I have some sense of reality and in an unsettled world that we live in today, you see that take religion aside, everyone is religious in some sense of form, whether they believe in a God or they religiously believe in their racist, xenophobic ideology, everybody will latch onto an idea with all their heart and all the soul. And the problem is that the ideas are man-made, the ideas are ridiculous, the ideas are dangerous, they've been proven to be dangerous, and yet people are holding onto them, versus if we turned back to godly values, to ideas that are not man-made, but rather created by the manufacturer of the heaven and earth and by the manufacturer of the human race, then maybe, perhaps, we'll be able to find answers that can actually give us clarity. And the reason I talk about this is, first of all, because just, you know, following the news and just reading, I see extremism, you know, as this just getting crazier and crazier across the world. England's about to go to a very... uh, Critical election across the world as well. But also because this week's parisha, we read about Avram and Sarah, Abram and Sarah and the revolution they made. A revolution in which values are not man-made, where the opiate of the masses, whether, you know, whether that expression is right or wrong, but for argument's sake, let's say the, the expression is right. Where the opiate of the masses is something that is objective truth. Where the opiate of the masses is something beautiful versus something which is destructive. What are your thoughts? Do you think extremism is on the rise? Do you think that whether a person claims to be religious or not, every one of us is religious in some way, In the fact that we go with an ideology all the way? I believe the human being is naturally religious. The human being naturally gives himself over to an ideology. The only question is, is the ideology beautiful, objective, godly, and spiritual, or is it pathetic and deadly? What are your thoughts? This is 101.9 CHI FM. Like to play a beautiful Yaakov Shweki song called We Are a Miracle, which hopefully will inspire us on this Tuesday here on 101.9 Chai FM. This is the Fabringen with Rabbi Levi Avzon on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 Chai FM. This is Rabbi Levi Avzon from Linksfield Chill. Let's get back into it. Religion. Abraham and Sarah, we read about them in these parashot in this time of the year. Founders of monotheism, the founders of this idea that there is a God who creates, who created the world, who creates the world, and who has a moral code that is tailor-made for the human being and is the right value system for us, for us to live with. And throughout history, ever since Avraham and Sarah lived about thirty-seven hundred years ago. Many people have grappled with their ideas. Some embraced them. Some embraced them with their whole heart. Some embraced them with a bit of a twist and took them a bit off the charts, took, you know, radical ideas and used religion as an excuse. And in the last 200 years, the world has become open-minded and questioned religion. And religion seems to be on the decline across the world. And religious extremists are not doing religion much, much of a favor. And here's the opportunity to want to plug once again, Chief Rabbi Jonathan Sachs' incredible book on religion and radicalism, Not in My Name. A very, very powerful book. But um, this show is not specifically today's show. I'm not here to really talk about the critique of religion. Um, Because as Chief Rabbi Sachs brings out, the issue was never religion. The issue is the human interpretation and the human gravitation towards radicalism. Um, My argument today is that every one of us is religious. Every one of us dedicates our life to something bigger than us. And every one of us is a bit, um, I can't use the word radical, but every one of us Believes in something bigger than ourselves. I'll give you an example, sports. A few weeks ago, we won the World Cup. And you saw all the South Africans quelling. they were so, so, so happy. Now, logically speaking, you know why is anybody happy that their country, a few people from their country, went to another country, played a game, and won? And when I ask that question, you must be thinking, has this Rabbi lost his marbles? Because Of course. What do you mean? We're South African. That was a South African team. But what exactly is that? What what does it mean? It's a South African team. Do you pay for the team? Do you? um, Are you the first cousin of any of the players? No. But ultimately, you believe in this deep connection that you know you're a citizen of a country, which a country itself is a very made-up entity. Um, other than the fact that maybe it has borders, but ultimately, at some stage in history, people decided that South Africa's borders go from here to here, and if you live in that country and you live in that space, you're a South African citizen. And if South African citizens go and play rugby in Japan and they win, then it makes you happy. You'll have to agree with me that that is a bit of a religious idea, <laughs> not religion in the fact of you know God. The idea of religion of taking something a bit abstract. This whole concept of sport uh you know you feeling proud that your team won is a very abstract idea if you try to explain it to a caveman they wouldn't exactly understand it um whether it is you know even more so when you'll have a south african saying i'm a fan of an english team you know liverpool man united etc and you're like so how in the world do you and Liverpool have a relationship. No one in Liverpool even knows you exist. The players don't know you exist, and somehow you're convincing yourself that their success is your success, etc. We all gravitate to this way of thinking, which is abstract. And we all commit ourselves to ideas which are intangible. Now, some ideas which are intangible are quite unsophisticated. I would imagine, yes, sport is quite a talent to play, but as an idea, it's quite an unsophisticated idea. Other people will dedicate their life to the idea of an education, of a degree, to a philosophy. But all of us dedicate our lives to something more. And the issue is when people feel unsettled, then the ideas people dedicate themselves to become more and more dangerous because people naturally gravitate to simple solutions. And extremism is always simple. I often ask myself, why is Judaism, with all its history, why is it always stayed so small? And why even amongst the Jewish community do many Jews struggle with many ideas of Judaism? And one of my answers that, that I believe strongly is that Judaism is a very complex religion. Not complex as in detailed. Yes, there's a lot of law, but its worldview is very nuanced. It's very, its worldview is not simplistic. It doesn't, you know, have simplistic answers. And I say simplistic condescendingly. In other words, Truth is rarely, if ever, simplistic. Truth, uh, truth is subtle and complex and nuanced. And that's why Judaism has millions and millions of books um, to, dis- to discover its law, its theology, its worldview, its application. Because truth, if it can fit into one sentence, it's not truth. I mean, you know, yes, we have certain statements in Judaism that are one line, but the, the explanation of that one line fills books. I'll give you an example. Shema Yisrael HaShem Six words we say it every single day in Davening. There are thousands upon thousands upon thousands of pages of Jewish theology, Jewish faith, Jewish law that discuss just that one line to make sense of it. Why? Because truth is complex. And... Th- Therefore, I feel that many people get scared away from the idea or they just find it very unrelatable because most of us don't have patience to understand complexity. Most of us want to hear the truth within a 20 minute speech, within a te- 18 minute TED talk, within a 3 minute soundbite. But truth never fits in that way. Truth is a life's discovery. And what happens is, you know, when life is comfortable, people aren't seeking truth. So, you know, I, th- I think back to 10, 15 years ago, you know, I'm not that old, I haven't lived that long, but I remember 15 years ago, when technology seemed to be the answer, let's say 20 years ago, just before nine eleven, which may unsettled people's lives um, in the 90s. Communism was collapsing. The the dot com bubble was going on. People felt like you know technology is going to bring us together, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And when when things seem sweet and optimistic and simplistic, so then you know people don't look for answers as much. But suddenly Facebook turns out to be a very um, multi faceted tool, which can not only be used for good, but can be used for terrible things as well, as is Twitter, as is so many other of the technologies. And suddenly people sit there saying, hey, I'm feeling unsettled. I have to make sense of this world. How will I make sense of this world? Let me go to the easiest answer. Oh, it's the Jews fault. Oh, it's that racist fault. Oh, it's that gender's fault. Oh, let me go to the simplest of answers. Let me find a scapegoat. Let me, you know, bring some pseudo science to prove it or I don't even need the science to prove it. And let me now sit there finding the enemy and look and sit there saying, if only that person, if only that ideology was taken out, all my problems would be solved. And I believe that this is a time more than ever that people have to take a second look at their faith at the true religion, and asked himself, maybe God gave us the answer so many millennia ago. Maybe, now that I'm feeling unsettled, it's time for me to look again and question and discover and go into the nuance and to the complexity and to the subtlety of, of thinking and to discover God's manual for today's life. There is no manual created by the human being that can be relied on to truly solve us. And if the past 200 years have shown us anything is that man-made ideas that are based on man-made ideas are more dangerous than even radical religion. It was extreme atheism and extreme atheistic ideology that manifests itself in communism and fascism and, and many other isms that killed more people in the last 200 years than pretty much most of, if not all, of history combined. The answer is never radical. It's never radical religion. It's never a, a human idea. But rather it is embracing God's idea for what it is without mixing in humans' agenda, understanding what God wants, understanding what the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Sarah, Rifka, Rachel, and Leah, what they taught us, what they want us to know, And to then slowly but surely apply it in our lives and to see the beauty in the manual, to see the beauty in God's answer for our world. This is 101.9 Chai FM on Soul to Soul. This is the Febringan with Rabbi Levi Avtzon on 101.9 Chai FM. Let's talk about the Shabbos project. In continuation of the topic we've been talking about as seeing our ancient tradition as a modern answer for our lives. With all the ideas that we've tried to come up with in our world today to, you know, keep family together, to not allow technology to enslave us, no idea has ever been better than the idea that God gave. (laughs) Shabbos. Now God gave this idea thousands of years ago, shared it with us, and maybe for many years of history we didn't fully appreciate its power, but in today's hectic living, we love that word, hectic living, a day, every seven days, 25 hours, where we don't check our phones, where we don't go to the mall, where we don't even, you know, go play sport. We just chill. We just spend time with ourselves and our family and our faith and our community. That simple, simple idea has better answers than any human-made idea. Here's what we don't, we, where we tend to forget, and I'm saying we, I, I include myself. What we tend to forget when we think about Torah is if we believe that God created heaven and earth and God created us and you believe that God created the Torah, then they are a fit. They're two parts of the same puzzle. They are the product and the manual. When God comes and says, put on tefillin, keep kosher, keep Shabbos, what he's saying is, I manufactured you. I know what is good for you. This is the manual for how to use you. For how to optimize you. When you get a computer, and you've never had a computer before, then you go and you try to figure out the basics how to use a computer. When you have a car, you try to learn how to drive a car. Every product has a way of usage. And yes... You know, different people drive cars in different ways, but ultimately we're pretty much all the same. In other words, there's the basic rules of the road. There's the basic idea of what the pedal is and what, you know, how to stop the car and how to, and what the wheel is and power steering and everything. A car is what a car is and a person needs to learn how to use it. Yes, they could bring their own personality to it, but ultimately there's the fundamentals, and so too with the human life. Each one of us is an individual, but the basic manual of living is the same for all of us. In other words, God comes and says, Shabbos, you need it. The way I designed you, the human being, is that you need one day a week to relax, and one day a week to focus on things which are more profound than your job and your hectic life. You need kosher. It's what your body needs for you. It's what will help you optimize your f- soul in your body. You need connection. You need, you know, to love your fellow man. You need this stuff. God is not coming and sit there saying, oh, I created you and now I'm going to make your life miserable by offering you religion. No. Religion is simply the manual of how to live. The creator of the product creates a manual for the product. And that is such a beautiful way, but such a true way of looking at, you know, every mitzvah that we do, every opportunity to grow ourselves. is not just, oh gosh, this God gets involved in every area of my life. He comes into the, you know, bedroom and he comes into the dining room and he comes into the living room and he comes into the synagogue and he comes into my school and he comes into my kitchen. This God gets involved in every, it's not God getting involved. It's God showing you how to optimize you. truly believe that when a person embraces Torah, when a person embraces mitzvot, when a person embraces their heritage, obviously not just as a robot, you know, doing things out of routine, but doing things mindfully and with connection and with faith, I truly believe that it optimizes us. It allows us to be so much more than what we are. I often ask myself, you know, despite my imperfections, I ask myself, if I didn't have religion in my life, what kind of person would I be? And, you know, only I know me. And I know it it, in every fiber of my being that I would be much less me. Religion doesn't make me lose myself. On the contrary, it helps me optimize myself. It's truly the manual for how I, Levy, can live. And it's truly the manual for you, Josh, Hannah, etc., for you to live. Yes, each one of us is an individual and each one of us will gravitate to, you know, do things in different ways and and focus on some more than others. That's fine. That's the human condition. But ultimately, if we can start seeing things as Shabbat, as literally the creator of you coming and saying, this is what you need, just like a car cannot drive 24 hours, seven days a week, and it needs to rest just like your computer cannot run all day, just like your phone actually needs to sometimes restart, God comes and says, I created the human being. I know you. I know you more than you know yourself. And I'm telling you, you need this day. You need this Saturday, the Shabbos in your life, to step away from life. Keeping Shabbos is God's command, but it's also his recommendation. And in our lives, we need this. We need Shabbos. We need to just stop our lives. We don't need to be in the mall. We don't need to be at the sport field. Yes, sport is important and shopping is important. But one day a week, keep that for Sunday. One day a week, just get used to spending time with yourself. I've mentioned on the show before that, you know, many of us get offended that people don't like spending time with us. We'll get offended that we don't have as many friends, etc. We'll get farribbled, oh my gosh, that person doesn't like my company. But we often forget to ask the simple question, that is, do I enjoy my own company? If I told you right now to take this Shabbos and spend the whole afternoon with yourself and your family, if your response is, oh my gosh, I'm going to go bored, what are you saying? In other words, you're saying, I can't spend time with myself. How condescending towards yourself, don't you think? Imagine somebody else turned to you and said, gosh, to spend an afternoon with you? Oh, what a misery. Oh, what a nightmare. Why would I? You would get offended. And yet we say it to ourselves. Gosh, I'm going to spend the whole Shabbos afternoon with myself. No phone, no TV, no more." Oh, Gosh, that's going to be a nightmare. Really? Do you really not enjoy your company so much? <laughs> Do you really find yourself so reprehensible? Do you really find yourself such unconvenient un- company? This is 101.9 High FM here on Saltosol. This is the Fabringen with Rabbi Levi Avton on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM, this is Rabbi Levi Avtson. From Linksfield Schul and this is a wrap. Just finishing off the show um, with a request. There's no question that around the world and around here in the community, people are feeling unsettled. People are feeling that the world is falling out of their grip. And whether that is an objectively true statement or not, it's a feeling, and feelings dominate. And when we, we have to ask ourselves a simple question. What am I doing to regain my sense of grounding, my sense of you know, feeling that I'm standing with two feet on this ground, that I'm in control of my life? And I believe now more than ever is the optimum time for us to rediscover our heritage, for us to take a look and sit there saying, who am I, why am I here, what am I here to do? And the perfect time to start is now, Just 72 hours or 96 hours, 72 hours. We start the Shabbos, Shabbos Project International. Give yourself a day, give yourself a moment, go to a lecture, go to a shiur. you know, go to Podbean and start listening to Jewish podcasts. I don't know, but let us not use this opportunity that we're feeling a bit anxious. Let's not waste an opportunity. Let's not waste a crisis and actually use it to go deeper to stop swimming in the shallow, but to jump into the deep end. Because when you take that dive into the deep end, you discover a heritage that is so ancient and so modern, so old and so relevant. It was made for you. It was made for your life and mind. When God wrote the Torah, it was with you and your circumstances in mind and me and my circumstances in mind. It is there for you. Take it, embrace it, tamur uki taivashem, taste and you will see that God and His Torah are beautiful and good. Wishing you a great day and a Shabbat Shalom. Yeah.